Anybody who's been paying attention to crypto probably feels like 2018 was the longest year, like, ever, right? Because we were watching every single yeah. second of it. I mean, if you're paying attention to price, which you probably shouldn't have, but most of us were, so, like, every single second seemed to last forever. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of stuff happened in 2018 that I wasn't really paying attention to, I feel like. There was a lot of... I mean, we saw after crypto started to crash, I don't know if it's just me, but I saw another bubble sort of rise in sort of online media, e-commerce, this, I mean, like this just kind of exploded even more while everybody in crypto thought that the everything in the world was ending. And then all of a sudden you've got like, like 10 times as many YouTube channels and podcasts, including this one. And everybody and their mom has like a Shopify store or an Amazon business or, uh, or, a, you know, whatever, like everybody's got a blog. I mean, I know that that's, that's been, that's been a growing trend for like the last decade, but I feel like this last year, it was just like, man, things are just hitting a wall. Like you can, you can now like kind of take any weird little interest that you have and turn it into an empire on the internet, right? with all yeah. these different platforms and social media. And I feel like at a certain point, our, our, our economy or our, or, our, or our appreciation just can't handle that much. Maybe it can, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it can. But I feel like looking back at 2018, I'm, I missed, that stuff kind of came out of nowhere for me. I feel like maybe it was because I was paying too much attention to crypto. I saw a lot of that stuff a little bit late. Well, we also saw. I, I'm blanking on what you what you said to start this. Sorry, I was doing stuff, but um, I feel like we also saw a YouTube crash, or like a YouTube uh, personality crash, as well as the like. So we're seeing a bear market in the YouTube people because it's like it went from seventeen thousand YouTube personalities to like six now. I feel like people kind of follow. Um, uh, you mean in crypto specifically, or in, in crypto specifically? Yeah. Oh yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. Because like everybody was talking, like you know, Ty Lopez, and you know, everybody was jumping on board, and you know, all of a sudden, like people who never talked about crypto in, in their lives are starting to talk about crypto, and now it's like the bear market not only shook out all the weak hands in crypto, but it shook all the, shook out all the weak hands in YouTube and podcasting, people who just like were in it for the money. And once there was no more money, they're like, eh, let's move on to something else. Yeah, and I people wonder. who actually yeah. really enjoy the the space stuck around. Yeah. Um, I was thinking kind of bigger, bigger picture, like, you know, I mean, last year, 2017, we saw anybody who had any interest in crypto could start a YouTube channel and get 20,000 followers pretty easily right now right, yeah. right now they have 5,000 or whatever that's normal but at the same time crypto is just one little tiny niche of uh that that is an example of a lot of different interests that can be exploded on social media and I just feel like 2018 well, uh, so, was that so explosion. to go back to what you were saying um 
can it can it sustain itself? No, it can't. And like, we're seeing it with Netflix. Netflix is saying is they now have more TV shows than anybody could ever possibly watch. And you know, there how many podcasts are out there? How many of this? How many of that? So I think oh, what's going to happen is we have is I think we're going to hit a peak at some point where we're not getting any more audience and the people who are listening have to start honing down what they actually listen to and watch because you have to think about it if they're if everyone's listening to all these podcasts then who's doing any work of course (laughs) yeah i mean work has to get done people only have so many hours in their life to actually be able to consume media and so it's getting to the point now where like it's oversaturated we you know there's in the in the tv and film world in hollywood we uh there's a there's a really common phrase right now it's called peak tv which you know it went from you know 150 new tv shows a year to you know last year was like 400 and that, this year was like 482 and it's like Crazy. so who can watch even the people who are supposed to be reviewing all these shows like the the actual critics that are like okay of the 74 shows i wanted to watch i saw 19 of them so i'm gonna review yeah. those 19 because i physically couldn't watch all the shows yeah. it's physically impossible there's not enough hours in the day to for me to do that so i think like we're gonna hit that point now where i don't think there's gonna be as much money in creating media anymore because there's you know back when there were three channels you had you know 200 million people watching the same show or or you know, or divide that by three because there were three channels. Now that there's seven hundred channels, you know, each show is getting one one hundredth of the market, if that. And yes. so, absolutely. And like, and to to make this problem even more evident, is the fact that most of this media is fed by advertising, and yeah. that's going to be a problem. Because people don't want to pay for media anymore. Like that's that's just the truth. I mean, I'm, I'm that's I think that's been a been something that we've we've been seeing over and over again. People people don't want to pay for Netflix. I mean, they will they pay for a subscription for Netflix because that's what Netflix offers. But people don't want to pay for that. Even HBO is having trouble keeping subscribers. People don't want to pay for YouTube Red or YouTube Premium. They want to get stuff yeah. for free. And and the advertisers. Well, I mean, the, the, the only the only like. The only advertising, the only advertising that's going to be worth a lot in the future is going to be advertising that comes with metric data. In my opinion, it's going to be really hard for sponsors to to actually value their their endorsees. Does that make sense? It's going to be hard. In the past, you could be a personality and have a sponsorship. You could endorse a product, and that brand they could feel like they're getting some value out of you endorsing their product. But now, if you don't have any numbers that come with that it's going to be hard for them to endorse you so it's like if you're not you don't have nothing new it was always like that there were always there's always numbers to back up a tv show like you know you had nielsen ratings you had like there's always some kind of rating system or some kind of metric system that went along with advertising on tv and film film's different because you're actually paying for the ticket and so those metrics are there so there's always been some kind of metrics, but I think to go back to your point about paying for it is historically people never had to pay for media. For the first hundred years of media, people didn't have to pay for it. 
you had to pay for the TV or you had to pay for the radio. And once you, once you bought that system to get in, everything else was free. All the TV was free. All the, all the music on the radio was free. Everything, everything was free. And, and all you had to do was listen to an ad and that ad paid for the, paid for the artist or the, or the company to, make, to produce more media. This whole thing of cable and cable subscriptions is, I think, a, uh, a test that, that failed miserably. And it's the idea that you should have a free market for infrastructure. And we're seeing after, it, it was like a 40-year test, 30 or 40-year test. And we're seeing it was, it's an absolute failure. Because it's unsustainable, you know. You have to like. I don't know. It's just. I I would love to go back to the days of you turn on your TV, you get some antenna stations, or you just, you know, you you. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think like I think at a at a certain point, the government's gonna have to start create uh, laying down infrastructure lines for internet or have it all be wireless and all you have to do is buy the subscribe you know buy the phone and then you get free airways because we own the airways anyway so to to, to turn around and the government say hey we're uh you own these airwaves you're a citizen you're you know the u.s owns these airwaves we're going to sell it to somebody and then make you pay them to get onto the airwaves that you already own yeah that'd be like that'd be like us having to well it is i mean it it's kind of like us having to pay to go to a national park, which is like my tax dollars pay for that park, and it's it's technically it's owned by the government, and I and I own the government because because it's it's for me, it's a service provided for me. Yeah. So why am I paying double for it? And I understand like you know they got budgets and this and that, but like I don't I just don't see cable being sustainable. And I no, think once not. we have satellites doing all the internet stuff, I think that's going to be the, the end of cable. And the I'm end not of, like I really don't think that the government's going to be able to do something about this very easily. And I mean, the main this is what we talked about last week on the show was we've got these monopolies growing that we're not even really aware of how powerful they are, and the government is not technologically equipped to deal with them. At least not they're not. They, they absolutely are technologically equipped. We well, have, they might. They we have, have laws in place that outlaw monopolies okay but all they have to do is all they have to do is enforce it but what happens what what happens if you say uh, amazon you have to break up you you can't you can't exist as as a monopoly anymore that would take down like how many businesses exist through the amazon marketplace right like that that's not how it works that's not how that's not how breaking up a monopoly works you have to look at you have to look at ma bell they broke it up into seven different companies and, and it was and it was owned regionally. So in in Southern California and the Southwest, it was Pacific Bell. So you think that if if the government came in and said Google, okay, YouTube cannot be a part of your business. It's got to be its own business. And and uh, and you know, Facebook, you can't own Instagram. You think that's what would happen? Yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, it, I don't. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I. It's. It kind of seems like. It kind of seems like these big companies are growing so much faster and more intelligently than our government. And because our government's dealing with things that are, you know, 
they're, they're dealing with old problems, basically. That's the so way I see it. You're, I mean, you're coming at it from a different way. Like Google would, ne- that would they would never do that to Google. They would never do that to Amazon because neither of those services are, are uh, like, you don't need those to survive. You need internet access to survive. So if your ISP was one ISP over the entire U.S., they would break that up because so much commerce is running on on on, on the physical infrastructure. But if, it if got one to point- ISP owned everything, they could actually limit who gets on. Like, and that's and that's right there. Uh, that would be endangering freedom of speech. But I can easily go to protonmail.com or Yahoo or Hotmail or Outlook or. You know, there's a thousand different uh, email options that I can choose from. There are a dozen different search engines. What they could do it is with Google Chrome. Because if that's the only way to access the internet, I could see them potentially doing it with Chrome, with the Chrome browser, but not with Gmail or search or anything like that, because it's so easy to just switch to a different one if you want to. I mean, at this point, it's 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 getting to the point where it's, I mean, if you have an if you have an e-commerce business that that isn't isn't using Amazon services in some way, you're at a disadvantage. And even though Amazon might not have a monopoly yet, I think it's probably not. I, I mean, that's that's what they want. That's what I mean. They want to have all of. Sure. They want to be the marketplace, right? So well, Bezos Bezos said in an interview, "I don't see Yahoo. I don't see Amazon being around in ten years." Interesting. Something to that extent. Hmm. So Hmm. he understands that his his business model is unsustainable, and it is. It absolutely is. He is crazy. Taking, (laughs) he is just raping and pillaging because he knows that it's not going to be around. So he's just taking as much money as he possibly can. That's funny. I wonder if he's going to go peacefully. I mean, you know, if it's just like, all right, you know, I've made uh, I've made a trillion dollars. I can I can quit now. (laughs) I mean, he's a meme now. He's yeah. an absolute meme, thanks to uh, um, South Park. Welcome, so. everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Keyword Crypto. You're listening to Michael and the Bear. Yes. That, hey, everybody. That was a nice long intro. <laughs> yeah. We've been having quite a year. We've been having quite a season. We've been on the year now for like, what, five five months, six months? Was it been five? Yeah. Four, five, yeah, yeah. something like that? Something like that. And we're coming to a new period of development. 2018 is ending. It is December 30th today. We are moving to a new platform. We're going to be on YouTube as well as on iTunes and Google Play as a podcast. And we're going to see what happens in 2019 for cryptocurrencies and technology. Yeah. And looking back, we've just like talked for the last 20 minutes about some crazy stuff that's happened in in 2018. Like just just all the bubbles that are going off like crazy. And the fact that the stock market is taking a tumble right now is shouldn't really be a surprise. I mean, when you I'm talking about Amazon, when you when you're able to have a business that sells hedgehog themed wedding reception ornaments or party favors, <laughs> And actually make money doing that, like that's a good indicator that there's some kind of bubble, right? You know, like some sort. Of, there's an e-commerce bubble right now. I think, I think there is. I think and that. I think if no, I, I disagree. I think if there were seventeen hedgehog companies 
and there not might all be. of them were making that much money, that would be the bubble. Right now, there's a lot of there's a lot of unicorn stuff in them on Amazon right now. I can tell you that. I got <laughs> yeah, a, four, a lot of four fans year old for niece. unicorns. <laughs> there are, and I wonder if all of those are actually making money right now. Yeah, and I think and so. It, I think it, that's that's where we come. It's it's when the output stops keeping up with demand. Okay. I start to think of like bubbles as being like, man, we have we have supply and demand for things that are just absolutely not necessities for anyone. And yet there is there's increasing demand for them and therefore increasing supply. Somebody is willing to supply those just like we saw in crypto last year. You know, like yeah. like there was just a blockchain for everything. And um, and yeah. And um, one of, I guess one of the things that we learned Oh, man, it, any if you if you're new to crypto in 2018, I don't even know what to say. It's a sh- yeah, <laughs> shitty mean, like, time to get into crypto. Sorry but about that, man. In a way, like or woman, it's better than getting in in late 2017. That's all I can say, right? Or is yeah, it? Yeah. Oh I my mean, god. I don't know. I'm still so far negative right now because if anybody doesn't know, we talked about it early on. Like I was, I guided in way, way before the bubble, but. I started to put more money in during the during the increase, and happens, so yeah. I'm still technically down. And I'm just like, ugh, whatever. I'm starting to feel the, I'm starting to feel the numbness of being <laughs> in cryptocurrency. You yeah. know, I've I've like I I haven't been consuming very much media lately. I've been trying to listen to other podcasts. I listened to like Peter McCormick's What Bitcoin Did, and I really like Chris DeRose's um, uh, Bitcoin Un- Uncensored. And one of the things I could never quite understand about Bitcoin Uncensored show was Chris's like just pure sense of peace and calm during this entire year and the previous year and ever since he started his YouTube and podcast. He's always been so I mean, he's like just been like this Zen Buddhist, right? While like everybody else is on this crazy emotional roller coaster, and right now it is like peak salt season. I mean, like some of like the chat groups I'm in, like people are like hating each other. Oh that don't, yeah, that, like, that don't even know each other, don't know anything. It's just like it's just it's miserable. It's terrible. It's crazy. The and Facebook start- group we're in that that I mean, I you got people I screaming like ah, 1900. It's all, you know, you guys are wasting your money. You're putting in money now. You guys are idiots. And it's just like, whoa. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm part of a chat group. I have to jump chat, chat groups every like two weeks because one will just get way too violent and like way too mean. And I'll just be like, okay, let me find the one that's got like people who are actually calm and peaceful. Oh, like these people, you know, it's, it's funny because I think once you've been in, once you've been around Bitcoin and crypto for a while, you do start to become, you feel this sense of calm, I think. At least I'm hoping, yeah. hoping that's it. Or maybe I've just totally given up and we're at the bottom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to like kind of look around and, you know, luckily this, this, um, this season, I didn't have to, I've heard some people having to talk to their families about like, you know, how's that, how's that crypto investing going? How's that thing going? <laughs> Luckily, I mean, like, you know, it's like, I still have positive things to say about the world of cryptocurrency. I still think there is a future for it. I, I mean, I feel the same way I did about it as I did last year, really. 
Except that there was way more dopamine involved with the price going up like crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we all knew last year that it was still such a new thing and that it most likely wasn't going to get used anytime soon unless some business was jumping on a bandwagon and is yeah. going to try to use it to hype up their their thing. You know, you're not going to be able to use it at the you're not going to be able to use Bitcoin at Target unless Target is trying to use it to promote themselves. Basically, we kind of yeah. knew that. But it didn't stop us from being delusional. And here we are now, a year later, one year after, I think, what was, the, let's, what was the price one year ago? It was probably like, I don't from, know. I think from it, now it was like 17,000, 18,000, yeah, something like that's that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Cause, the, Cause it peaked on December 17th, right? That was like 19,800 or whatever. And then it started to go down then it jumped back up and, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it, Christmas Eve is when it it dropped about ten thousand dollars. It went from like nineteen to ten thousand, and then back up to fourteen in the span of about <laughs> like twelve hours. And people were putting their life savings into this thing. I know people were selling their houses. <laughs> people, people like going on YouTube say, "I sold my house and my car, and you know my family's whatever. We're gonna be millionaires." And it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, it 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 literally made me think of uh, Far and Away the tom cruise movie with nicole kidman where they go out west and they're irish and oh and everyone's right. yes, everyone's putting their life savings on trying i you know on buying that one parcel of land and hoping there's gold on it or whatever and you know it's just like people yeah. people go crazy and people i remember um i remember um what's what's his name um oh great now coin mastery guy what's his name um uh, coin mastery. Thomas. It, Thomas. Is it, is it, is it Thomas? Thomas something? Anyway, coin mastery. Uh, you know him on YouTube. I remember him last year. We were he, like, I tuned into one of his shows, and like the first minute of his show was him looking at a parabolic curve, right, on the chart. <laughs> and he's just like, "This is just, I this, I, this is, this is." This is just pure dopamine. That's what he said. Like literally, like those are the words that came out of his mouth. He didn't know what to say other than this is just this is pure dopamine here. Like this yeah. is a this is like getting high right yeah. here. This everybody is high on these green candles. Yeah. And then of course, like the the weird thing for me is that there wasn't much there wasn't much love and community even at the top for Bitcoin. I didn't no. I didn't feel it then. I felt there was so much greed and people thinking, "Oh, I'm better cuz I got in earlier and I'm smarter because I understand it more than you." Or I know Where this alt uh went exactly. you know, 75% and your your bitcoin only went 50%. Yes. blah blah. My verge did this when my tron did that. Like I yeah. mean, like there was all this antagonism. And there was and then any any like any pretense of community was just pure pretense it was like some guy on twitter trying to get your attention so you could join his paid group or the, so, so you could click on his affiliate link that's what it's kind of been yeah. and like i feel a little guilty being a part of that but you know like i was i was genuinely interested in it i was learning a lot about social media also this year yeah i mean there's a lot of things geez there's a lot of scams out there and i mean just the yeah i mean and we i think we still have it people still like you know they talk about this ico or this airdrop or this and it's just like it's still 
there, but we're just, I think at this point now, the people who are still here, either they were here way before the last pump and they've just, you know, they've, they've got salt in their veins and they can spot a <laughs> mile away and, or they got in before the pump and they've stuck around or they got in like at the pump and they've stuck around and now like, like, like me, I'm just salty and you know, not, I mean, not salty in a bad way, but just salty in a sense of like, like tougher, like I can spot them. I can, you know, I'm not going to get caught up in, in the dopamine as, as much as I, as I normally would. You're a little bit numb too. You're a little bit numb to that, to that rush. I mean, we see a drop, you know, a thousand dollars in price and it's not going to really hit us as hard. It's going to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the year in the year in crypto—that's what it's been for me. It's been like just more. It's been a more intense version of the same ride, really, and uh, and yeah, and to see it. To- I mean, I I feel like this as as painful as it was. It like crypto needed it so bad because. It's like it's like being a new startup and thinking you're hot shit and not doing enough due diligence on your code and then launching it and some hackers take it down in the first 5 minutes. You got a point there. I mean I feel like, like that's crypto now. It's just like this, we've If we, we if we want to if we want to forget revolutionizing our economy and the way we think of money. If we want a new, fresh perspective on the banking system, if that's all we want, if we just want to understand the way the banks work and the way the government works and the way currency works, then we need like a perspective that like is pretty rock solid and impenetrable and can't be fucked with, you know? And like, I think you're right. I think that's what we're getting here. I think that's what we're learning. And like getting things like a Bitcoin cash fork or getting a Segwit 2x you know, rejection and getting, um, an Ethereum rollback, getting, uh, all of these things are things that are proving to us that, you know what? Bitcoin is still the same thing. It was as the same, same as it was five years ago. It does the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. And that gives a lot of credit to these maximalists who like say like, this is the one thing that we really need to trust. Everything else is, is, pretty garbage it's just a shit coin yeah i like to believe in the altcoins i like what they do i like the applications i like applying this distributed technology to everything that we can i just find that fascinating but when it comes to security bitcoin's the best we got yeah hands down there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy right now going on about ethereum because ethereum is on the verge of becoming a proof of stake system, which it hasn't been. Ethereum for the last couple years has been something that you can mine on a computer with a graphics card. Anybody can do it. You can go down to Best Buy, buy a graphics card, install the software, and you can mine Ethereum. I mean, technically you can do that with Bitcoin, but. Well, no, Bitcoin, you actually need the hardware, you need to buy hardware that is specially made to mine bitcoin or you have to build it yourself you can't just go down and buy an nvidia card 
it's it's way easier to mine Ethereum than it is to mine Bitcoin. That's yeah, for sure. True. You don't true. if you if you want to mine Bitcoin, you basically need to go through Bitbane. You need yeah. to buy an uh, an S9 miner or something like that. Which um, not any lo- not much longer. <laughs> if you've been yeah. Paying attention I mean, to Bitbane. We're, we're going to see what happens with that too, and we're probably yeah. going to have to have a separate show all about that. Yeah. But uh, you know, Ethereum is about to change, so there's a lot of controversy over whether it's the right move. A lot of people bringing back those those wounds of the DAO hack and the rollback, which resulted in Ethereum Classic, which yeah. recently had its own drama. And God, yeah. I mean, like, we're getting all this stuff. I just, and, I think, yeah. in my mind, proof of stake is the biggest cash grab and the biggest um, reallocation of wealth back to the wealthy so what you so what you're saying so what so all uh, it's so in in my mind it's like the perfect scam what ethereum's doing now is the perfect scam so they come up with something proof of work they're fighting words (laughs) and all and all the early investors hop on and all the people with a lot of money who can afford the high-end hardware hop on and start mining it mining it mining it and so they get the bulk of this stuff and they start driving down the people who can't afford it and making them unable to mine. So it's a smaller group, a smaller group, a smaller group. Who, so it's the richer, the richer people who can afford to mine. And so you're, it's kind of like hoarding all the wealth. And then they say, we're going to switch away from mining. Now it's going to be proof of stake. And you're going to get interest on staking. So all the people who had all the wealth, now they can just sit on their wealth and start accruing interest off of it. Well, I mean, I I don't know I don't know enough about Ethereum. I'll be honest, I don't know enough about it to argue that point. Um, what I can say is that the fact that there's there's we're getting a lot of we're, we're getting a lot of runway up to that point. We're getting a lot of warning that this is this change is going to happen. Yeah. So if that's the case, why doesn't everyone grab their Ethereum right now? Like what? I mean, price is as low as it's been for as long. For, I mean, it was Ethereum. One Ethereum was one ETH was a thousand dollars, not six months ago or eight eight months ago. Yeah. Now it's worth a hundred dollars. So like, if if this change is gonna happens when Ethereum is worth five thousand dollars then that will seem very scammy to me because nobody will be able to afford to make that switch except the people who actually own a lot of ethereum so i I read a stat and i (sighs) but i don't know if my logic there makes any sense i'm just gonna say that i don't know so do you i'm gonna throw something out and see if see if you can um double check my i can't find it i don't want to start searching for it but i read an article about a month ago i think and it said the reason why the the interesting thing about ETH dropping in price is that all the ICOs and all the ETH that were launched in all the ICOs is really only like five percent of ETH or something like that. And the fact okay. that the price was driving down really had nothing to do with all the ICOs selling off their ETH because it was such a small percentage. So the people with the bulk of the ETH still have all their ETH. They're still hoarding it. They're still, they haven't, you know, they're not so. going out know. selling it. 
they were doing i don't know like so because all, all these numbers seemed crazy and like oh my god there must be so much eth because there's like you know 100 billion dollars worth of ICO stuff but you're like yeah but one eth was worth 1200 dollars at the time and that's why and so like you could just give them one eth and they and they hit a 20 million dollar market cap like that you know because they got a thousand eth but a thousand eth is nothing if you think about it in the grand scheme of things about how much eth is out there yeah and, so, and a growing supply yeah and and um. and so that's my thing like your idea of so it goes back to my point of like i think the people who who control the mass quantity of eth still have that same quantity probably probably that must have been quite crazy to to sit on that much value as it went up and down yeah. um, but they must have known what they were doing so we've got crazy manipulation in cryptocurrency obviously there's nothing that can there's there's nothing you can do to avoid that there's manipulation in a lot of markets yeah. but in in cryptocurrency it's just something that it's, I, I don't know exactly how anyone can come in and even try to regulate this um so yes, if you're listening and you're new, take that cool. into consideration before you invest in cryptocurrency. It is a very manipulated space. Um, yeah. So like, if you you can say, well, I'm going to use Coinbase because it's regulated, or Kraken, or Gemini, it's regulated, but they can't stop the manipulation in China or Japan or or you know, anywhere. Whatever. I mean, or I mean, anywhere. The, the manipulation could be coming from anywhere. It could be. Yeah. It could be. Uh, it could be people in America using Binance to manipulate. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it so, could be anybody with millions of dollars to spend to just throw retail investors out of whack. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so we see a lot of that. And that's one of the things that makes... That's one of the things that gives crypto a really bad name, unfortunately. But there are lots of excellent applications. <clears throat> and that was, I think, I think that is one of the great things that... I noticed about 2018 is that well no we don't need a blockchain for x we don't need we don't need a cryptocurrency token for your stupid video game or your business or whatever it is we don't need to tokenize everything we did get so many creative ideas i mean we got like i mean that like there are some like pretty like just i mean i don't know if i would have come to the idea of having a decentralized uh social media i don't know if i would i mean maybe i would have come to that on my own i would have said like yeah, actually you know what I, that's not true i think actually there's been several adpocalypses on youtube that have made me think like actually somebody should the google should not be the one making the calls here yeah but but at the same time there were just so many like all of these strange advertising related cryptocurrencies or uh entertainment related cryptos or virtual reality re related or you know all of these like i think it's pretty creative i mean some people had to get pretty they had to well, dig I, pretty deep to come up with some of these ideas I whether they were scams or not yeah i want to <laughs> push they may have been i want to push back and say you know the idea of like oh we don't need a token for x or we're gonna hit a tipping point and it's gonna say why wouldn't we have a token for X? Because you have possible. to look, you have to look 15 years ago when people would be like, why do you need a website for that? 
Exactly. Okay, you got a point. And now but, every single thing has a website. And it's just weird uh, when it doesn't have a website. It's actually a minority of things don't have websites. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know what you're saying there. I don't know if website is a great analogy because I think websites are actually kind of dying off. But... I think well, some I do, kind I, of I, presence I, online. Like, yeah. why would you need to have a presence online? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's it's like it's like saying like, why would you need a Facebook group for your podcast? Well, yeah. Isn't a podcast enough? It's like, yeah. but now it's like, no, we better have one because otherwise, yeah. how would we interact with the people who listen to our show? Exactly. Right? And a perfect um, example is we changed our name. And if you're listening to this now, hey, welcome because. <laughs> We did what they told us to do. We did a 401 redirect. So it was supposed to be people who had subscribed to Michael and the Bear. When we changed the name and changed the RSS feed, it would automatically resubscribe them to Keyword Crypto. Right. And it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. So every so single one of our followers needs to resus- resubscribe. We'll, we'll get to, you all. We're going to get well, you all. I mean, they need to find <laughs> out. But and, and ultimately, if they're not on our social media platforms, there's no way for them to find out. Right, because they're just going to be waiting for the next episode, and it'll just never come to their phone. So it's your responsibility to share this podcast with a friend. Yes, it's, tell it's your, people. It's, it's your responsibility to make sure that that somebody else hears this, so that we can continue to grow and spread information that is good and truthful. And you can or at do least that ask, yes. by going to Google Play Store, or going to iTunes, or going to Podbean, and writing a review. That would be that'd be really helpful. Give us some stars. Give us, you know, whatever Google Play does. I don't have Google Play or whatever, but, you know, iTunes has just subscribing and liking and, you know, all that stuff really helps us get out there. So, yes. Um, and we can have uh, keyword crypto token. Yes. I don't know. I actually don't know if it, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I, I imagine a world where everything has a token and I'm, I'm kind of turned off by it. Oh, Maybe that's my own bias. Like, no. I don't want to have to have a wallet full of... Well, it goes back to our idea of, <laughs> of having to pay for everything. People don't want to have to keep paying for everything. You want to, you want to buy the, the key to the gate, and then once you go in, you want to be in. Like, I don't want to have to pay every single time I want to do X, Y, and Z. I just want to buy the TV and be able to watch X, Y, and Z. I don't have to pay mm-hmm. every single time a show comes on. And I feel like with with tokenization... I don't want to have to do that every time I want to listen to a song or watch a TV show or listen to a podcast. Like to me, that just uh, like maybe if maybe if iTunes charged, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I see. I, I have this thing. I, I don't want to have to pay for an iTunes. I like. I won't. I refuse to pay for Apple Music. Right. If well, if Apple said, "Hey, buy our phone," and it costs two hundred dollars extra than normal. Because you have free access to anything we have, Apple TV, our, our own TV shows, Apple Music, all the, everything. And, and we take that $200 and we distribute it to the artists that you actually watch or listen to. And I'd be like, I don't know yeah, about that. cool. I don't know. Add that's it into very, my phone price. That's very similar to the sort of subscription models of payment that, that we have now, except those are maybe like monthly or yearly. But those kind, that, that concept kind of reminds me of that. I think when it comes to tokenization, it's, it's more of like businesses are going to want to do that so that they can have your loyalty. It's, it's easier to, to go to the same Chevron all the time. If you've got a Chevron card, it's much harder to go to the mobile sure. or whatever. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see another bubble of sorts. 
as companies try to turn, make their own blockchains. But you know, having a token that rep, that that represents the currency of your business is a little bit different than having your own blockchain. And I I, I wonder if I wonder if that's something that's going to be in our future. I wonder if there's just going to be a million blockchains. I wonder. I well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that'll be. It'll be I kind of. I kind of think that there probably will be another bubble soon. We're probably going to get a bunch of different protocols. And I mean, I don't know. Did, like, think about the internet. Like, as soon as the internet took off, we had this TCP IP protocol, which is the same thing we have now. In order to change it, we'd have to basically tear down and rebuild the entire internet if we wanted a faster, better internet. And we were kind of at the peak of what our internet can do. Yeah. And... We had, we had, there was a moment where we probably could have done something about that. You know, just like, you know, it, it just, it turned out that one was more marketable than the other, really. Or that, you know, Blue Yahoo Ray had its stamp on it. Blu-ray and uh, Red and Ray. The, and oh, yeah. Or and like Betamax VHS. And VHS. And VHS and Beta. And um, AC and DC. Rock but, on, motherfuckers. No, but, but like, yeah. yeah, I, I, I wonder, I wonder if like that's, if that's something that we're going to have to contend with. Well, so so if, here's the thing. There, there's going to be another bubble for crypto. We know that because if you look at, I don't think it'll be as big though, because if you look at the, the internet bubble, you had the dot-com bubble and that decimated everything. Took It wiped out like 90% of, of websites and companies. It dropped everybody down like 80 to 90%, like Google and, and or not, not Google, but Amazon, not Amazon, but uh, like Yahoo and, Microsoft and Apple and you know they mm-hmm. all lost like 90% during the dot com bubble and and then and what JJ said a few minutes ago is then we had the next bubble of where every single person has a website and every single person has on Squarespace or this or that and and, and we're starting to see that bubble that next bubble start to pop a little bit where people are just like I don't, why do I need to pay for a website and pay somebody to build my website and maintain my website when I can just be on Facebook. I think so. I think you're right. I think that we are kind of coming to that. And I think that one of the things that's going to be a catalyst for that is, is, is kind of a global recession of sorts. I mean, we're seeing a pullback in the stock market. I think that's going to reflect more on the trade war with China and all of this stuff. It's going to probably make people spend less money and therefore a lot of businesses won't be able to exist and therefore a lot of these websites won't exist there just won't be a demand for them so they're just going to stick to what they can get away with the bare minimum i think that's going to happen so and then what anyway. happens is that's when you lose a lot of your um free market options and and a lot of the companies go away and you have less options and that's when it starts to get kind of like how the cell phone industry is, where you only have in America, you have four options. You know, you have you have other options, but mainly you're just buying subsidiaries off of those four. And so, you know, like that's how uh, that's how long distance was. And then we had a change there, a revolution there. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about long distance anymore. And so, I think like right. what happens is we have these bubbles, and then we lose a lot of options. And, and we have a lot of monopolies and then people get sick of the monopoly and people create something new and come up with a new idea. 
And, you know, we had it with long distance and then people like had all these long distance carriers or, you know, calling cards with your, you know, put in your pin number and all that to get 10 second right. or 10, 10 cent Crazy. per minute long distance. And, and then all of a sudden mobile came out and was like, fuck that. A number's a number. Mm-hmm. And we're like, holy shit. Like that revolutionized everything. Like my grandparents yeah. could not fathom that it was free to call them on yeah, my cell phone. Long distance. What yeah. the hell is long distance? They're like, it's long distance. I'm like, there's no such thing as long distance anymore, Grandpa. And he's That's like, crazy. what? I don't, you know, because he was 85. He didn't, yeah. you know, when he was a kid, it cost like $10 to make a call. I, I think, and we, can, we might be able to wrap up the show with this, but I think that that kind of summarizes my 2018 in a way. And like a lot of these new technologies, protocols, social medias, have really at least I mean many of you listening have known this for years but at least for me it like 2018 is kind of the beginning of a future like because we see so much technology so quickly we saw we saw the like I mean we have how many different types of like like electronic skateboards and hoverboards are available on the internet right now like that to me is like that's that's when we're at the peak right that's great that's great um but when I can't even keep up with it, and when thing when something as 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 ubiquitous as long distance calling is completely forgotten, a thing of the past, right? And we have to and like even our grandparents know how to use Facebook. I feel like that was my 2018. Is like my grandma uses Facebook now, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. It's yeah. like okay, technology we are in a new is so era. ubiquitous now that it, it, every single person in the world can just and, hop on and start using it. And then related to money, it's like I was just out with a friend recently going to get some donuts. We were, we came up to pay and he pulled out his phone and flashed it at the that the register and said, do you take Apple Pay? And they were like, no, sorry. But to him, that was the way he was used to paying. Yeah. And like that, that's the way he pays at the grocery store. And and, you know, on film sets, when I'm on a film set and I need to change out a tripod you know, a uh, base plate. I'm used to pulling out a quarter out of my pocket so I can t- tighten it on. Yeah. Nobody has quarters anymore. Like yeah. you don't, who, it's 2018. No one has quarters. I have to use right? a key now. I have to like you use, have to use the, the big end of my key. And I was just <laughs> you like, use the uh... big end of your key. Like these are, these are the, my 2018 things, right? No more coins in my pocket. I don't even need them to park on the street unless yeah. I'm in some like really old part of America. Culver city. <laughs> <laughs> unless I'm in Culver city. And, um, and uh and like a lot of those things are just a thing of the past yeah so um it was kind of a year of acceptance for me what was it like for you michael yeah i think that's i mean for me it was just it was about um i was thinking about it driving home i was grabbed some food and driving home and, and thought of regret and the idea is like i'm not i'm not really a person who has a lot of regret um i think of them as learning opportunities you know, because usually it's just I, I usually only have regret if I make the same mistake twice, if I don't learn from it. And then I'm, I'm mad at myself. Um, so like the whole thing of the bear market and losing 90 percent of my money, I don't really like, you know, if you if you listen to this, you know, that JJ and I were not rich people. We're, we're struggling artists who, you know, get get by month to month and and I. Losing 90% of my income should be devastating for somebody like me in my position. But I just kind of chalked it up to a learning experience and I spent the year just 
you know, with my head in the books, tell you young people, a book is um, a hard object with paper with pages in the middle and you can read the pages. But, you know, we're talking about ubiquitous things that are falling oh, yeah. away. Wait, wait, books? Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> books are still a thing, actually. You know, it's crazy. I do a lot of studying, a lot of reading, a lot of listening, a lot of learning, and just really tried to understand why I made those mistakes and why I got caught up in the dopamine, you know, and, and just didn't understand I should not have been putting money in at that point. That was very, very dumb. Um, but it's not dumb if you don't know. It's only dumb if you know and you keep doing it. And so that's yeah, my point. So that's, so that's what my 2018 is, is just understanding that it's only a stupid mistake if you make it again. And so I'm, I'm vowing, you know, and I catch myself here and there with like, I put in some money and I, you know, small amount and it falls or whatever. And I kick myself and I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. It's just like, I'm, I'm, it's still a learning process. I'm still kind of getting the hang of it. And I'm, I'm, it's very difficult to have a hundred dollars and not want and not put a hundred dollars in instead of putting $30 in and waiting to see what it does. Does it go down? Mm. Put in another 20 bucks. If it goes up, mm. put in, you know, if it, if it spikes up, don't put anything, wait for the next drop. And then when that next drop comes, put another 20 bucks. And it's like, so th- this idea of like, how do I control those impulses? And so for me, 2018 was learning how to control that dopamine more when it comes to money and, and being better with money management and understanding the manipulations of the market and just how rich people like to take advantage of poor people. Cause that's all it is. Cause the stock market's a zero sum game. And so at the end of the day, the people who are manipulating you have money and they're literally rich people taking advantage of poor people <laughs> trying to take their money away. That's what the stock yeah, market pretty is. Pretty much. That's, that's yeah, what zero sum games are. And people want to think like it's anything more than that. But at the end of the day, no, it's rich people trying to take poor people's money. Or poor people trying to take rich people's money. But usually the rich people have more ability to do it, a little more experience and the physical capacity to be able to manipulate the market. I think the last thing I want to say is just kind of a word of warning. Anybody who's getting into crypto for the first time around now or in 2019 in the future, I think a lot of people are coming into the space thinking that they need to learn how to be a day trader you need to learn how to time the market in order to make money in this space because we don't have a trend that's up or down. If any, if anything, we've got a trend that's going down. Yeah. And I think that is a really bad way to enter cryptocurrency is to like think the, the way that I, I, the way that I learn from this technology, the way that I learn from this space is to try to take my money in and out of the market to multiply it. I just think that's really bad. Yeah. I think that's a really, really, really bad way to learn. I mean, it'll probably cost you a lot of money. That's what I mean. It'll probably cost you a lot of money. You'll probably still learn something. It might not be what you want, and you'll it'll probably cost you money. Yeah. Because the only way, I mean, the only way to really day trade is to have a plan and to have a risk management. And the people who do that, like, it's it's not a fun job. You they don't do want it for a living, job. 80 hours a week. And, and they like, still don't make a lot of money. <laughs> The only way to really do it is, and this is another thing that I see on Twitter that drives me insane, and I don't know how to avoid it. Like, I don't, I try not to follow any day traders, but like sometimes it just seeps into my feed where like people brag about being right all the time. And, and this is just, this is just crazy because 
day traders, like foreign currency, like FX traders, Forex traders, like they know that they're going to lose 60% of the time, 70% of the time. However, they're going to mitigate, they're going to limit their loss so that that one time or that two times out of 10 that they win, they're going to win a lot. Yeah. And that's the way they do it. That's the way a poker player does it. That's the way a blackjack player does it. But if you don't know that, if you're not familiar with that and you're, and you're, you're, you're putting money in based on the way you feel, the way you think that the market's going to go, you're going to get fucked up. Like yeah. you're you're going to you're going to get emotional and you're going to get angry and you're going to overtrade and you're going to you're going to revenge trade and it's just going to be miserable. Yeah. So, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. Just stay away. Treat treat crypto like a 401k. You know. Like I don't think about it. I have an automatic deposit where every month it puts a small amount of money into my four to my Roth IRA, and I don't think about it. Yeah. And what do they say? Use a use a um, an offensively small amount. Yeah. Every week, something yeah. that you absolutely won't miss, yeah. right? Because, and I mean, like, but you know. And if you lose it all, eh, whatever. You didn't need it. It's people spend a lot more money on lottery tickets. I'll tell you that. And coffee. And coffee, and coffee is not going to make them any more money. Exactly. Unless, unless they work more when they're wired. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Please. Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2019. We'll be in our new studio, and you'll be able to see us live. Well, maybe not live. Not live, but. but. <laughs> we're going to have a new format, and we're going to have yeah, some new tricks up our sleeves. So yeah, hopefully it'll be interesting. It'll be entertaining and, in, and informative. And educational. Yeah. So with that. Have a good new year, everybody. Be safe.